goodness, for all your mercy, for all your grace, Lord God. Where would we be without you, Lord God? Who would we be without you, Lord God? We thank you, God, that you are a very present help in time of need, Lord God, that you are a friend who sticks closer than a brother, Lord God. We thank you, God, that you give us, Lord God, grace upon grace upon grace upon grace, God, and you never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you, Jesus. I was thinking about as I was standing over there, I don't know why this story came to my mind. When I was a child, my grandmother taught me the 23rd Psalm, the first scripture I ever learned. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still water. You know it probably. I could recite the whole thing. Well, shortly after I got saved at 11 years of age and I'd learned that scripture, I was at a friend's house and while we were there in North Texas in the 80s, we were right in the middle of Tornado Alley. And it was springtime and a storm blew up and a tornado warning just dropped out, just like it does in that part of the country, just out of nowhere. And I was at a friend's house and they lived in this really big Victorian old, old house. And while we were there, we had no time to go anywhere before this storm was on us. And we were there and just in a moment, the wind got so high that portion of the roof was blown off. And mud was just caked all over the windows. And rain was pouring in through the beadboard ceiling. Pouring in. It was terrifying as you can hear the sound of the tornado. It sounds like a freight train. And I was terrified. My friend was terrified. Her dad was the only adult there. He was terrified. And I stood in the dining room in that beadboard with the rain coming down, all three of us, and I just did the only thing I knew to do. I started saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in, and I'm 12, in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I did the whole thing. Her dad had a cap on. He took the cap off, held it to his chest, and we had his head bowed. And as we came out of that house after the whole thing died down the neighbor's house right next to us was totally decimated there was nobody home at that house and you see the odd thing about it was my friend's dad had never gone to church never it wasn't a short time after that he was singing bass in our choir I just want to tell you that if an 11-year-old girl with the Word of God in her mouth, I knew one scripture, and one scripture was enough to do, to win a soul for Jesus and to turn a tornado back. 
I don't know what you have need of in this house tonight, but you have ample supply to have all of your needs met in this house. Could we take some needs to the Lord tonight? We need to pray for Philip. He has pancreatic cancer. We need to pray for Kenny. He is going through radiation right now. And we need to continue to pray for Loopy. And I know there are many needs in the house. Would you raise up your hand tonight if you have a need? Come on. We have the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who hears and answers prayer. Take it to the Lord tonight. Father, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus that every need would be met, Lord God. We lift up Philip to you right now in the name of Jesus and ask that you would touch his body, Lord God. We rebuke cancer in the name of Jesus. I ask, Lord God, that you would strengthen Kenny, Lord God, that you would completely remove cancer from his body and from Loopy's body, Lord God. And in this house tonight, every need that is mentioned, God, every stress, every anxiety, Lord God, every every feeling, Lord God, of hopelessness, Lord God. I just pray that you would minister to the needs, Lord God, that you would strengthen, that you would touch, that you would heal, that you would give provision in the name of Jesus, God. We praise you that you are a mighty, mighty God who hears and answers prayer. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Can you give him a hand clap of praise? Thank you, Jesus, we praise you. Thank you, praise and worship team. And... You can have to be seated tonight. I introduce to you my friend and yours. He needs no introduction. Dennis Jenkins, come ahead. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. It's good to know you got a friend, amen. Hallelujah. A few weeks ago, I was watching Dutch Sheets, and he was telling a story of a uh, mature intercessor who had a dream. And in the dream, uh, something just stirred within me, and so I did something I don't ever do. I went to Pastor, and I said, Pastor, I, I, f I feel something on my heart. And because of what was said about that dream I just I've been carrying a burden probably for a month or so now uh, you know the old prophet Zechariah said the burden of the Lord I'm sure my burden wasn't anything like his but I'm glad I'm at this point now I'll tell you that <laughs> hours of study hours of prayer just to ask the Lord to let me say the right thing and to get it right. That's all I ever want to do is just I want to get it right. So what was stirred in me, we're going to do tonight, we're going to have a, a service on revival. Next Wednesday night will be the second installment, and the next Wednesday after that will be the third installment. And the title of it is Revival, Intercession, and Culture. And it's just been a burden on my heart, especially for our nation. How many has a burden for your nation? We need a revival, right? We need a revival. Now, revival has many names. You might hear it's referred to as a move of God. That's good. An awakening. That's good. We had the great awakening and then the second awakening. 
you might hear it referred to as revival. Any of those are okay. I just say God move, and I don't care what you call it, as long as God is moving and drawing us to himself. Now, I want to start out with a couple of scriptures here. Psalm 85, 6 through 9. Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your mercy, Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will hear what the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people and to his saints. But let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. How many would like to see glory dwelling in our land? The glory of God dwelling in our land. And here's another one. Hosea 10 and 12. Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. Fallow ground was ground that had been tilled up, but it had never been planted, and so it hardened again. James 4, 8 through 10. Draw near to God. Man, this is a promise. This is a promise. This is a wonderful promise. The living God says to mere humans, draw near to me, and what? I will draw near to you. Somebody shouldn't yawn right there. You ought to say, wow, hallelujah. Draw near to God. He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. How many has ever heard of the Welsh Revival? 1904, somewhere along in there, the Welsh Revival. This was a revival where there were some amazing things happening. And God wants to do the same thing again. What happened back there is not just for back there. We don't have to duplicate it. We just say, God, we want to yield to you and let you do what you want to do. But you know what they said? One of the first phases of the Welsh revival was weeping and crying and penitent hearts before the Lord. They did that for about three months crying and weeping, pouring their heart out to God and saying, Oh, God, move among us. Move among me. Do a work in my heart. But after three months of weeping and penitent uh, hearts before the Lord, they said then the joy fell. Sometimes maybe we're trying to get the joy. We're trying to get the cart before the horse. Sometimes maybe we need to see our heart broken open again and have a, uh, a, a reality check. Examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. Examine yourself to see what the Spirit of God might reveal to you. Now, I don't go digging a whole lot because if I dig too deep, I'm going to find lots of stuff. And instead of having a righteousness conscience, I'm going to have a sin conscience. And I don't want to do that. But what I do want to do is I want to have the Holy Spirit reveal to me anything that he needs to deal with. 
If there's anything that's holding me back, if there's anything that's keeping the full blessing of God in my life, I want to get rid of it, don't you? I know who I'm talking to tonight. I'm talking to people who are hungry. I'm talking to people who want to see the power of God in your lives. I'm talking to people who look at our nation and say, man, we need a revival. We need a move of God. Did you know revival, revival can change everything? And revival can change everything pretty quickly. Some things take a little time because there's more moving parts, but revival, in, when God is really moving, things can happen rather quickly. Do you remember over in 2 Kings 6 where the lepers were uh, there at the gate and they said, if we stay here, we're going to die. If we go inside there, we're going to die. Let's just go out here to the Syrians and just see what happens. They go out there and there's nobody there. All the goods are there, so they start picking up all this stuff. And they said, wow, this is great. And then they said, wait a minute, this is not right. We need to go back and tell the king about this. But see, there was a, there was a prophet named Elisha. And Elisha said, there's a man coming. The king, the king had sent a messenger to him. And the king had said, we're going to take Elisha's head off because of this famine. It wasn't Elisha's fault. It was the, the, the king's fault, the wicked the wickedness in Israel, it was their fault. So Elijah's sitting there. This man comes to the door, and they, they catch him, and they grab him, and they put him up against the door. And Elijah, Elisha says, Hear the word of the Lord. Now, the famine was so bad in the land that they were eating their children. That's how bad it was. But Elisha says, Hear the word of the Lord. We need to hear the word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord was this. Tomorrow, about this time, and the man who's, who leaned on the king, who was kind of like his, his right-hand man, he says to Elisha, he says, Can this thing be? There's no way this could happen. You just said tomorrow, and he told, he told all the Walmart prices. He said, Tomorrow you're going to buy stuff at Walmart discount on the blue light special. That's how good it's going to be. And so this man says, there's no way that can happen. Folks, if we do what we should do, if we will allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, then we, thank you, ma'am. I don't like dry preachers either. Thank you. You know what? I had one up here, didn't I? Why didn't y'all just tell me to get mine? This is good. I, I can preach a little longer now. Revival can come and change things real quick you look around at what we see today and it looks hopeless in the natural but it's not hopeless with God amen Rob Randall gave this comment about revival and he's seen a lot of them Baptist preacher just as the ground gets hard and parts and unfruitful without water our hearts get hard and parts and unfruitful without revival rain Without the rain cleansing the ground, it cannot bring forth good fruit. Without the cleansing rain of revival, we too become spiritually unfruitful. Now listen to this. In the life of the believer, revival brings the fruit of effective prayer, holy communion with our Lord, and spontaneous praise and worship 
always resulting in a spiritual harvest of holy and righteous living. When the Holy God, when Holy God begins to do a work in us, it's because He wants to do a work through us. Now, the emphasis tonight is personal revival because we can't have national revival until we have personal revival. When we have personal revival, enough people have personal revival, then it begins to spread out. But actually, you know, I had this little thought the other day, Pastor Andrea. Revival doesn't really change nations. Revival changes people, and people change nations. So if we, will, if, if we have a personal revival and then we obey God, then we can go out and be agents of change in our world. Amen. Hallelujah. How many wants to be an agent of change? Now, there's always been a cycle in revival, just like the cycle with the children of Israel. Things were good, and so they forgot God. Things were going smooth, and so they really didn't need God that much, they didn't think. So they put God on the back shelf. They put God in the trunk like a spare tire. And, and then when trouble came, they would call on him. But how many knows God doesn't work with that arrangement? He says, I'll be first. I'll be Lord. So the cycle of revival was this. When things would get real bad, then they would cry unto God. God would send a deliverer. God would deliver them. Things would get good again, and they might have peace for 30 or 40 years. And after they had peace for 30 or 40 years, it was just enough time for them to start taking on the cares of this life and start turning their attention away from God and turning it on to the things of this world. And down they went, and it'll do, it'll do the same thing with us. Personal revival has to be maintained. Dr. Cole used to say, what you obtain, you have to maintain. It's easy to obtain a wife, but to maintain a wife, now that, my friend, is a different story. So why do we want to have a revival? We want to have a revival so that life will be easy and life will be good and, and we can get out from under this tyrannical government. We, we, that's why we want revival, right? No. We want revival so that we can draw close to God because he said if you draw close to him, he will draw close to you. It's, it's like when Kay is, is playing tennis. When Kay is playing tennis and she has her partner on the other side, until the ball is served, there is no game. The game is not on until the ball is served. Sometimes God is waiting for us to serve. And then he will get involved and he will move and he will help us. Amen. Revival. I need a personal revival in my life. Now, a personal revival will compel me to do what I can do to add the voice of God and the ways of God to this culture. Now, we can't keep it all in here. It needs to work in here. We need to be edified in here. And then we go out there, and the revival that's working in us, it begins to work in our culture. When you've had a personal revival, it will change how you live. It'll change how you see other people. You'll see other people and thoughts that come to your mind. I wonder, are they going to heaven? I wonder, are they right with God? I wonder, is there anything I could do or say that could make a difference? Personal 
revival. I need a personal revival. Amen? Now, I'm going to get into something here that it's, it's a principle. Too often, we think that God pretty much does everything. I don't really have to do anything. I can just feel good and be happy and let God take care of everything else. Well, I want to give you a few scriptures here, and some of these are, this first one especially, is it's, it's a strong, strong scripture. I heard this priest at Christ for the Nations about 30 years ago, and it really stuck with me. Judges 5.23, Curse Miraz, said the angel of the Lord, curse its inhabitants bitterly. Why would, why would that be said of this little place called Miraz, which was by a lake there somewhere in that area? Because they did not come, now listen to this phrase, to the help of the Lord, to the help of the Lord against the mighty. Now, doesn't that sound like, that almost sounds like it shouldn't be in the Bible, right? To help the Lord? Why would, why would that be in the Bible? Why would somebody have a curse pronounced on them because they didn't come to help the Lord? Well, of course, there was a battle going on. There was Deborah, and there was Barak, and, and, and there was Sisera, and there was a battle going on. But apparently, Miraz didn't join in the battle. They just sat back and just said, well, you know, whatever will be, will be. After all, God's in control, you know what I mean. God is sovereign. But this says they didn't come to the help of the Lord. So there are some things... There are some things where God needs our input. God needs our involvement. I'll continue reading. Judges 7, 18. When I blow the trumpet, Gideon says, I and all who are with me, then you also blow the trumpets on every side of the whole camp. And here's what you say. The sword of the Lord and Gideon and Gideon. Gideon couldn't do it without God, and God chose to not do it without Gideon. Sometimes we have to get involved. Exodus 14, now here's one where God did it all by himself. I like these kind. It came to pass in the morning watch that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud. He troubled the army of the Egyptians, and I love this, and he took off their chariot wheels so that they drove them with difficulty and the Egyptians said you know I think we've run into something here that's not normal they took off God didn't need any help there he did it all by himself Joshua 24 12 I love this one this is so funny look get this picture children of Israel are coming in to take the land and listen to this I sent the hornet before you which drove them out from before you also and the two kings of the Amorites, but you didn't drive them out with your sword and you didn't drive them out with your bow. I did it for you. I sent bees and they just took care of the situation. Sometimes God can take care of it all by himself, but not always. Let's continue. <clears throat> Second Kings 3.14, the hand of the Lord came upon Elisha and he said, thus says the Lord, Make this valley full of ditches. You're not, you're not going to see wind. You're not going to see rain. But it is going to fill up with water. So it did fill up with water, and they had water for their cattle. God did that. They had to dig the ditch. 
God said, you go dig the ditch, and I'll fill it with water. Not with rain or anything else. It's just going to be filled up with water. What if they hadn't dug the ditch? What if we don't pray for revival? What if we don't reach out to people to try to win them to the Lord? How shall they hear without a preacher? See, God uses people sometimes. He, you know, look over somebody and tell them, God needs you. That's an amazing statement. God needs you. He needs you to come and to do what, what he won't do by himself sometimes. Oh, I love this one. Here's another one where God just did it all by himself. 2 Kings 7, 6. The Lord caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of the chariots so that they fled because they thought that the Hittites, that they'd hired the Hittites and the Egyptians to come against them. Israel had, and so they just took off running. Now, a, a picture of this. It's real quiet, real quiet in the camp, just normal noises, and all of a sudden, or something similar to that. Army, a whole army, chariots, horses. God caused them to hear that. We were witnessing one time at a place called Lee Park in Dallas. Back in the 70s, you could go out there, and there were literally thousands of hippies out there, thousands of them, drunk, drugged, sex orgies, anything you could think of. We were out there witnessing. So my friend who was the pastor in Austin for 35 years that we used to go to all the time, he and I were out there and a couple other people. We were witnessing. We were witnessing to a man, and he was really a little bit kind of, you know, woozy. So as we were witnessing to him, this other man comes, no doubt demonized, and is going to disturb our witness, right? Wrong. When we were witnessing to him, this man comes up with a guitar, and he starts singing as loud as he could, I got them old Dallas blues. <laughs> Honestly, it was like a shield came down, a clear shield. We didn't see anything, but we all of a sudden, his 60-decibel volume went down to about 10. And it was like this shield came down between us. My friend and I noticed it. The man who was woozy noticed it, and he sobered up just like that. He said, what was that? What happened? What happened was God just said, I'm going to step in right here, and I'm going to do something. But see, we were out there doing what we could do, and then God did what we couldn't do. Amen. Hallelujah. So sometimes God uses us. Now, when it comes to our nation, God needs us for some things. You see, God doesn't vote for us. We have to do that ourselves. Right? You ever seen the salesman? You do want this car, don't you? You do need to vote, don't you? Yes. Vote biblical values. Amen. That's what you need to do. That's what I need to do. But some people just think, well, God is on his throne. God is in control. And so God's got this. God's got this. 
Folks, if God has got this and our nation's like it is right now, he's not doing a real good job. Now, I understand sometimes God will back off and allow us to reap some of the things that we have sown. That can happen as well. But, you know, I've heard people say stuff. You know, somebody get, a woman gets raped, and they say, well, God's in control. Hello? Well, he's on the throne, but he didn't, he didn't cause that. Amen. He didn't do that. So sometimes God needs us to do what only we can do. You know, I had somebody say to me not too long ago, well, they didn't say it to me, they said it to somebody else, said, well, Jesus didn't vote, did he? And you know what I say? He didn't drive a car either. So what's that got to do with anything? Your point is what? Jesus used whatever was available to him at in his culture. And did you know Jesus addressed government officials? You know what he said? Somebody came to him and said, man, you better get out of town. Herod's going to kill you, Jesus. And he said, go tell that fox that I'm doing cures. I'm healing the sick. I'm casting out devils. And I'm going to do it until my assignment is up. So you just go tell Mr. Government Official, it don't matter what he says. I'm going to do the will of God. Amen. And by the way, pushback is not violence. Pushback is not loading your pistol and going after somebody. I'm not saying that. But pushback is voting. It's talking to others about the things of God. Pushback is, is, is getting involved. We got 20 letters out in our car right now that we're going to mail tomorrow or the next day to uh, some people in Arizona who are Christians, supposedly, but they just chose not to vote. So we're going to write a letter to them and say, please vote. It might make a difference. Folks, what if it doesn't make a difference? What if I vote and it doesn't change anything? Well, at least I can stand before God and say, you know what, Lord? I was a good steward of my influence, and I tried. It was old John Quincy Adams. <laughs> he was against slavery. He was, what, was he our fourth or fifth president, something like that? And after he got out of the presidency, he got into the House of Representatives, and he, was against, he, he fought slavery for, for like 18 years. They made rules to make him shut up in the House of Representatives. But he kept, he kept pushing it. He kept pushing it. And somebody, after 14 years, somebody said, said, Mr. Adams, don't you ever get discouraged? How do you just keep doing this? Why do you keep, you haven't, you haven't done any good. You haven't, it hasn't done anything. And he said, well, duty is mine. The results are God's. All I got to do is my duty and leave all the results to God. Amen. All right, I know I'm, I need to get on through here, so I'm going to go ahead and preach another hour. I was going to do two, but I'm just going to go one. Uh, now, we're going to be talking next week and the next week. It's going to be more stories. It's going to be more. Tawana's even going to help me probably set up here in a couple of chairs. If y'all could find me a nice big one, you know, arm, yeah, real soft. And, okay. We'll probably set up here. We'll read stories. Because part of that dream talked about how the story revived the ecclesia intercessors. 
And we'll talk about that, Lord willing, next Wednesday night. And then the following Wednesday, we'll be talking about prayer and the, the miraculous things that happen uh, in the nation and, and uh, through prayer. But tonight, I want to close with this, okay? Uh, now, I'm going to read some things. You probably have heard these. But please catch this real good right here. I have an objective in reading these. I have a real objective in reading these. You, you have heard some of this, but you'll see what I mean after I read them, okay? Uh, because uh, uh, the objective is the objective is that we would really see, if we don't already see it, we really see our need for a personal revival and a national revival. Folks, we can't go on like this. We can't survive like this. But I'm a Christian. I know you're a Christian, and, and you'll be okay. But what about all the other people that aren't okay? What about the people that haven't gotten saved yet? I mean, we've, we've got a lot of issues going on in our nation that are destroying lives. We've got things going on in our nation that, that these things are they're ruining now, and they're ruining eternity. That's where it really, that's where it really counts. So I'm going to read this. And as I read it, I want you to know I'm really, this makes me sad. It really makes me sad to think that these things are happening in our nation. And here's what makes me sad. As I was on my back porch today, just meditating on some of this stuff, the Lord just put in my heart, he just put like a, I can't explain it. It was just like a, a, a sadness for the people that are involved in some of these things that I'm going to be reading about. You know, my first reaction as a human is to get mad, and I've been plenty mad. But think about this. Some of these things that, that are taking place in our nation and the people that are, that are pushing them and promoting them, it's going to be hell to pay one day if they don't repent. And I don't like that. That's a very sad thing. I don't hate Joe Biden. I don't hate Nancy Pelosi. I really pity them. I feel sorry for them. Now, I don't know what you think about them, and I don't care what you think about them. I just know I don't want to see them go to hell. I don't want to see anybody go to hell, and I don't hate anybody. But here's what I hate. I hate what they're doing to our children. I hate what they're doing to our nation. I hate what they're doing. They're, they're ripping out our history. They're, they're canceling out everything because they want to remake it in a socialist, Marxist government. If you look at the communist playbook, what you have seen happening in America, what you've seen happening, you can look right down the line. Getting rid of the statutes, changing history, opening the borders. I mean, it's, it's all right there. And of all things, Karl Marx, been dead over 100 years, is still ruling the world from the grave. A man who was so filthy, I mean, even physically filthy, that whelps and boils grew up on his body. His landlady kicked him out because he was so filthy. I mean, literally filthy. He was a bum. He was a mooch. He bummed off of his parents. He bummed off of his friends as much as he could. No wonder he wanted to develop communism and socialism where everybody would be equal and everybody would get their share even if they didn't work. Now, we're not talking about somebody that 
can't work, we help them, right? But the Bible says if you can work and don't work, you don't eat. But here he was, ruling the world from the grave. Now listen to these. And Lord, just let us be sad for the people that are involved in this. This is what we have in America right now. The House of Representatives chose not to include parental notification by, sco by schools concerning transgender issues with students. I don't know if they've already accomplished it, but Congress is trying to legalize the killing of babies up to birth. And I heard in uh, the State Assembly in California has either is working on it or has already done it that you can kill the baby seven days after the birth. This is not political stuff, folks. This is moral stuff. These are moral issues. These are things that are affecting, they're affecting our children. I mean, if there was nothing else, I, I can get by, you can get by, but what about our children? What about our children that they are mutilating? Uh, I heard Sam Sorbo uh, last night on TV. She said, you know, when they talk about, I, I think uh, Boston uh, Hospital has the psychologists there have uh, diagnosed uh, kids with gender dysphoria. And in, 1920, uh, in 2021, there was 42,000 children that were diagnosed with gender uh, dysphoria. So in other words, a three-year-old says, you know, I, I'm a boy, but I think I feel like a girl. Okay, well, we'll work on that. We'll fix you up. Sam Sorbo said, my little boy at four years old thought he could fly. I didn't take him up on top of the roof and let it see if he could do it. Just because he thought he could, and just because a boy thinks he's a girl or a girl thinks he's a boy, that would all go away 99% of the time if we would just leave them alone. But instead, we've got psychologists who are saying just be loving to those children and just be affirming of those children, affirm them, affirm them to, and doom them to a, a life of ruin and hurt and pain for years to come and, and a highest rate of suicide. Affirm that. I'm sorry I can't affirm that. But it's so sad. It's so sad. You know all the stuff. We've redefined marriage. Our borders are open and terrorists are flowing through. Drugs are flowing through. Uh, have you heard this one? The number one cause of death in the U.S., adults ages 18 to 45, was because of fentanyl. More adults 18 to 45 died of fentanyl overdoses than died of COVID or car accidents or cancer or suicide, according to Fox News, December 16, 2021. One report here says that fentanyl is now killing, listen to this, 50,000 Americans a year. It wouldn't take too long to decimate a population at that rate, would it? 50,000 a year. Some of those are, are mothers. Some of those are dads. Some of those are children 18 years old. But who cares? as long as your political agenda is accomplished, right? It's a sad, sad situation. We're defunding the police. 
this is also a, a socialist playbook maneuver. Because see, I, and I just figured this one out. I hadn't, heard, I hadn't thought this before. I thought, why in the world would they defund the police? Why would they defund the police? It's, it's just going to make things worse. Well, it has made things worse. Murders are up in several of the cities where they have defunded the police. Why would they do that? Because there's an attempt to federalize it. See, if you get everything out of the states, if you make all the authority go back to the federal government and then you get your guy in there in the federal government, then you can pretty much control stuff. It's my humble opinion. How about this one? We're shutting down the oil supply lines and using up millions of gallons from our strategic reserves. China is buying American property at the tune of $6.1 billion, and guess where they're buying the property? Randall, near military bases. Wonder what that's all about. Surely there's no plan there. Is this bringing you down too much? That's the point. The point is we should take this stuff seriously. We're so accustomed to it. I've been accustomed to it. You know, you hear it, you hear it, you hear it, and you think, I'm tired of hearing it. Well, I am tired of hearing it too. But the point of it is when we see that it's very serious and when we see that the revival can change it and then we see that we can have revival, then maybe that will promote, uh, prod us into having a personal revival so we can see some things change in our nation. We're releasing violent criminals back onto our streets. District attorneys will not prosecute crime. There's government corruption on a scale we've not seen in our lifetime. And media billionaires are covering up obvious lies and corruption. Marxism and socialism is flooding into our nation. A 2019 poll said that 61% of Americans between 18 and 24 have a positive reaction to socialism. And did you know, if you love America, you're the enemy to the socialist. Well, I'm just here to announce tonight I love America. We haven't always got it right. We've had bad situations that we have been a part of we need to repent of and I'm going to ask you just in a few moments maybe this would be something that some of us would want to come to this altar tonight and repent for our nation like Daniel did Daniel was one of the most godly men in the Bible there's nothing bad said about Daniel and yet Daniel is praying and saying God we have sinned he was speaking for his nation maybe tonight we can come and just bow before the Lord and say God our nation has sinned, and we would like to repent since some of them won't. Would you have mercy? Because if there's a remnant, if there's a remnant that truly just humble ourselves before God, let me tell you what, humility is a big deal with God. Humility is a big deal. When we humble ourselves and we say, God, this can't go on. What can I do? Can I do everything? No, I can't do everything. I'm just one person. But you know what? I can do something. You've heard the story of the little boy. 
picking up starfish that had washed up to the bank and as he's picking them up and throwing them back into the ocean an old man down there saw him and he comes walking toward him and he said what are you doing son he said i'm throwing these starfish back in the water because if they stay out here they can't get back in the water by themselves and when the sun comes up they'll all die on the on the beach and i'm, I'm just trying to throw them back in he said well son look at here there's thousands of them you think it's going to make any difference and he had one in his hand and he took the one in his hand he threw it in the water he said it'll make a difference in that one you may not be able to change everything but you can do something you can come before God tonight and just give me about three four more minutes I'm gonna invite us to come and just spend a few moments and just saying God I need a personal revival remember at the Wales Wales revival the Welsh revival it started out with weeping before God because you see you say well I'm saved good I am too but maybe maybe I've got some attitudes that need to a little adjusting maybe maybe I've got maybe maybe pride has cropped up maybe uh, indifference has has cropped up maybe I just don't care anymore as long as me and my four make it ah we're good maybe there's some stuff that has crept in and maybe I don't even know what it is but maybe God would show me if I would be willing to seek him and say Lord if you'll show me I'd like to I'd like to cast off that weight and every sin which would so easily beset me and run with endurance this race that is set before me our nation is in trouble but it's not I didn't say all these things to make you feel hopeless or to make you be fearful just to make us be serious and consider what the stakes are the stakes are high the stakes are high Hezekiah was given a bad word he thought it was a good word because God the prophet said you're going to the bad stuff is going to come on this kingdom, but it's not going to happen in your day. So what does Hezekiah say? He says, good is the word of the Lord. Man, it ain't going to happen in my day. That's great. But it happened in his kids' days. It happened in the days of his children. Don't be like Hezekiah. Take ownership for your kids, for your grandkids, for the church kids. Would you want to come? And would you just want to humble yourself before the Lord? I'm going to reread that scripture I read at the first. James 4. He said, draw near to God. He will draw near to you. Now, the next two Wednesday nights are going to be a whole lot more fun than this. But this is a necessary thing. It's like going to the dentist. Before he puts the filling in, he's got to get the old stuff out. Could we come and humble ourselves here in a minute and just say, God, search me, know my heart, see if there's any way in me that's not pleasing to you, and start a revival in me. Start a revival in me, Lord.
We're not talking about gross sin here. Maybe there is sin. Maybe you need to give your life to Jesus. But if you've known the Lord for a while, maybe there's some stuff, some attitudes. Because, see, he said, though, if we humble ourselves in his sight, he's looking, he sees, he knows the heart. If we humble ourselves in his sight, he will lift us up. That's where this thing, that's where this is going. If we will humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, he will lift us up. He will lift us up. He will lift us up. Would you come and let's spend a few moments in the altar this evening? And we're asking God for a personal revival. We're asking God to move in our nation, even repenting for our nation. Maybe, maybe you need to repent of being silent. Bonhoeffer said, silence in the face of evil is evil itself. Maybe you haven't spoken up. Lord, just give us that revival. Give us that revival. Come on, let's come to the altar. And let's just give the Lord some time to deal with our hearts. He loves us very much. His way is not to cast us off, but to draw us close. To draw us close. Oh, in Jesus' name, Father, Jesus' name. Jesus' name. We're depending on you, Holy Spirit. We're depending on you, Holy Spirit. Touch our hearts. Touch our hearts, Holy Spirit. Search our hearts, Holy Spirit. Search our hearts. Cleanse me, O oh Lord. Cleanse me, O oh Lord. Could we pray for some of our leaders? Could we pray that tonight as well? It's so sad. It's terrible what they're doing. Oh, Lord. Deal with our leaders, oh God. Open their eyes. Open their eyes, oh God. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Oh, in Jesus' name.
sweep over my soul, sweep over my soul, sweet spirit, sweep over my soul, my rest is complete. While I sit at your feet, sweet spirit, sweep over my soul. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waiting, yielded and still, while I am waiting, oh, 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 oh. oh you we love you we love you oh lord you said if we draw close to you you would draw close to us lord oh lord god lord god lord god The Lord's looking for recruits tonight. Anybody ready to sign up to help the Lord? Anybody ready to sign up to help the Lord? Wherever he tells you, whatever he tells you, however he tells you. <laughs> 